It's a new year, but it's the same old Charlotte Hornets. They lost to the Los Angeles Lakers last night. LeBron James went off. We talk about all of it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. I'm Walker Mail. Find me on WFNZ from 12 to 3. We'll talk about the Hornets and the Panthers. A lot of local topics here in the city of Charlotte. And that's Doug Branson. He has a Substack. It's called Every Hornets Box Score, and you can find it on EveryHornetsBoxScore.com. If you are watching us on YouTube. Doug is giving us the Pat McAfee look where he's standing up. I don't know if this means that you have some Doug Ranson segment that you're going to give us, or if you just need a little bit of energy boost by standing up here in the early morning. How are you feeling, Doug? Well, it's new year, new me, number one. Number two, uh, yeah, I needed to get the blood flowing because this team has entered the vortex of bad and boring. And so I needed to just get the blood flowing a little bit, stand up, get moving so I can get ready for this show. So, I'm yeah, I'm good. You know, just trying something new. I like it. I like standing up. You, We mentioned that I'll stand up during radio shows sometimes, but you have the freedom. I have to stay in my little box here with this camera showing me. I have right. to stay with my microphone that is not free swinging. So I'll be standing. Ooh. I'll be sitting. You'll be standing. And uh, we'll try to figure out how to boost the energy for this show because, man, the Hornets don't give us a lot. They lost to the Lakers last night. It was a dud of a performance in the second half. They scored 39 in the fourth, 31 in the third, Doug. So the second half, I mean, they scored quite a bit of points. Terry Rozier was shooting well. In fact, he shot one three-pointer, made it, but he stepped out of bounds to make that a one-possession game at the very end of this. So they brought it to within striking distance, yet the damage was already way too done, and the Hornets tried to dig themselves out of that hole very late defensively they weren't good offensively in the first half they were really bad what did you make of this game Doug yeah I mean I thought this loss felt existential right I mean the only thing that worked prior to the fourth quarter was Mason Plumley on offense I think at halftime I heard George Lynch Ooh. suggest that the way to get back into the game was to give the ball to Mason Plumley in the post more yeah. and with all due respect to Plumley, who worked really hard in this game and and gave them everything he had uh, that's that's fundamentally kind of a problem if if Mason Plumley is your best player in the first half and and it was on multiple guys it was on Lamelo uh, another inefficient game for him another bad first half you know against Brooklyn it's sort of excusable because you know Kyrie and Kevin Durant hitting those mid range tough shots like it's like all right you know that's that that's gonna beat you and, and that's a good team and they're on a roll and they've got a lot of good role players as well you know uh, Seth Curry. And uh, and Claxton were big parts of that win against Brooklyn. Lakers, a whole different story. You've beaten the Lakers oh, before. Yeah. It took a big offensive effort, you, but you fought off a a comeback in that first match from LeBron James in the fourth quarter. And, and in, but in this one, the, the offense just didn't show up. The, I just I didn't think the energy that was there. I didn't think the focus was there. Too many quick shots in transition. I mean, if you look at, I can bring up these transition numbers. This is kind of crazy because generally. The Hornets have been good in transition this season, 
And so I'm going to roll down to the transition numbers here on cleaning the glass. And you can see the Hornets were a minus 5.9 points per per 100 possessions in all transition buckets on a huge frequency. 18.7% of their offense was in transition. That's that's big time. And you don't score a lot of points. And in fact, they got better in that fourth quarter was really an outlier. Through the first three quarters, it was like minus 13.9 points per 100 possessions. That's that's like incredibly bad. It, w- it was off steals. It was off live rebounds. They were taking quick shots, contested shots, and it leaked into their defense. I mean, so many of those points that that the Lakers scored, again, through the first three quarters, were off of transition buckets from LeBron James because the Hornets weren't hitting any shots. Yeah, I mean, in LeBron, you have the the whole narrative of LeBron going into Michael Jordan's house and wanting to destroy oh. him. It's what we talked about yesterday. It happened again. I, I know you, we were discussing this, though, too. Like, that's that's unacceptable to one Doug Branson because the Lakers roster outside of LeBron James, I mean, with all respect to Austin Reeves, who is a good player, right? And he's kind of like an NBA nerd hero. You know, he's one of those players that the community really likes to watch play. Obviously can't be your second best player. And Russell Westbrook played only 11 minutes this game. When he did, he was one of eight. I actually thought DSJ did a pretty good job picking him up, um, you know, full distance in the court and providing, providing pressure on Russell. But yeah, that's a roster that has a losing record for a reason, even with LeBron James playing basketball. You mentioned the fast break opportunities for the Lakers as well. Steve Clifford, not happy about it. Here's what he said last night. I just told the guys for sure we don't have a lot of room for error, but we can play a lot better. We gave up 19 fast break points early in the year. We were never doing that right now. Over the last 12 games, we're like 29th in fast break points allowed. Our pick and roll defense isn't nearly as good, and we're getting crushed off the dribble. You can't win like that. What do you make Steve Clifford's comments? It kind of echoes some of the same sentiment you were discussing. Well, again, I think, He's he's totally right, but but again, I think it's partly the offense being so poor that it leaks into the transition defense. Like when you're constantly, and they've played a lot of fast teams lately. That West Coast road trip that they just got off of was just a ton of teams that love to run. And when you miss a ton of shots, you give the team, you give the opposing team more opportunities to run, and that's what happened. You know, I did disagree though with one thing that Clifford said after the game. I'm gonna pull it up here in my post game notes. He said. Um, well, I actually disagree with two things. He said, we're going to start to shoot the ball better if we get these guys back. Like, what? who? Yeah. Who are they going to get back? Cody Martin? Kelly Oubre? Like, I mean, Cody Martin was a good three-point shooter last season, but I don't know that you could even expect him to do that again. Uh, that was sort of an outlier for Cody Martin. Kelly Oubre hasn't been shooting the basketball very well. I don't know who he's waiting on to get back. Maybe some guys to get back into rhythm. But but is that even going to happen? I don't know. I like I just he disagree is a big with that rhythm sentiment. guy. I mean, he he does love to talk about guys getting back in a rhythm after they return from injury. But I mean, you're running out of time. We're at the halfway point here. I mean, within the next three four games, the trade deadline is February 9th. so we're going to have those storylines pretty frequently here on Lockdown Hornets. And I don't know how the Hornets are going to operate because you also have Gordon Hayward's injury that happens in this game. We'll get to that later on in the show. Terry Rozier, despite last night where the shooting came back, at least for a moment, hopefully that can sustain, but we know the shooting has been an all-time low. But it's got to come back in the first half, right? I mean, I'm just tired of seeing these guys step up in the fourth quarter when their backs are against the wall, against the Lakers. Like the Lakers are not, like LeBron is very good, (laughs) but they are not a good team. 
Like this is, it's kind of unbelievable to see these guys uh, wilt like they have. And it's all of the best players. I mean, that's the big storyline coming out of this game and really of this period of the season is they finally get guys back, but it's their best players that are not stepping up. It's You can't blame this on role players. You've got to look at LaMelo, Terry, Gordon. These are the guys that have to be performing, especially in the first half, to get them to off to a good start. And, and they're just not. And they're not offensively. And that's a problem because, you know, apart from Gordon, like Terry is getting cooked on every possession. LaMelo is getting cooked on every, it's seemingly every possession. I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but it just seems like, wow, blow by, blow by, blow by. The, the defense is constantly reacting and constantly rotating because they can't keep guys in front. And so if you're going to do that, if you're going to have that deficiency in your defensive system, then you've got to be able to perform offensively. And they're not doing that either. And it's super disappointing to watch. You said the Hornets were wilting. I don't think we can use that in basketball terms. If you're wilting, then you're probably <laughs> just balling. We got to go somewhere different. What, what are you, know you doing wilting. if you're struggling? You know who was wilting last night? You know who was wilting last night? It was your boy. I know. I expected Donovan to hear Mitchell from you. was wilting. Yeah, I know. A 70 know. burger. Yeah. Hey, the Cavs weren't he supposed to get Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell was was just out there hanging in the wind, was supposed to go. Where was he supposed to go? Who, who was after him? You know, well, it was uh, it was the Knicks. It was the Hornets. And always, eventually it was the Cavs. It was always the Knicks. But but that but that was going away. And you could feel the sense of like, oh, somebody could go out and grab him. And it ended up being the Cavs. And look, he drops a 70 burger, joins the Wilt Club of 70 plus. Pretty amazing. Donovan Mitchell wilting in the NBA right now. It's incredible. All right. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll get to the impact of the Gordon Hayward injury. Doug mentioned some things about Terry Rozier. I wanted to get to his comment as well last night, and then we'll take a look at some other observations in this game against the Lakers. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks works like this. You can pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, college football, men's and women's college basketball, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with any sport that you're involved in. It's that easy. Have safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently also operational in over 30 states and even Canada. So download the Prize Picks app, or you can go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks gives you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. More coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Walker, sometimes you don't have to have the best package. Okay. Sometimes you just have to have the only package. If you wait, or this is uh, if my dating life uh, taught me anything, sometimes you just have to wait around long enough until you're the only thing remaining. And then suddenly you look pretty great in comparison. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So, Doug, you mentioned Terry Rozier, and he had another comment last night. And I've had some problems with comments before from Terry because he's not been very good defensively over his time here in Charlotte. But 
I don't deny that he's been a leader. I don't deny that he's been a friend to some of the more important players on the Charlotte Hornets. And so I've always valued that aspect, even though I do think we always have overpaid for it. Here's what he said last night. It's like every game is unpredictable for us. We don't have a way to play. And then it's like sometimes we'll start defending when our back is against the wall, which is in the fourth quarter. It's tough playing against the best players in the world. And you can't just turn it on whenever you want to. Obviously, we've got a lot of talent, but we are not disciplined. And so this has always been my problem with Terry when he says this, because they're good comments. And I don't I don't want to just completely negate that. If you're a leader and you feel the need to say something like this to give a jump start to your team, that's fantastic. That's great. At the same time, I don't see discipline from you on the defensive end, right? I mean, offensively, if you're not making shots, I, I, I mean, I don't think Terry Rozier's shot selection has been the best. I also think that he deserves a little bit of a break in that category for the most of the season because he was the only player that you could rely on offensively, especially with Gordon LaMelo being out. And then you had a few guys missing some games here and there. But defensively, I mean, we've heard that before. Terry has said those same things quite a bit. Now it's a new coach. Now he's a little bit later into his career. It's the first year of his contract. And he says it again. So I, y- you can't expect any turn with some of these comments because we've heard him say it last year. We heard him say it the year before. Here they are saying it again, and their record is as bad as it's been in the last three seasons. Yeah, and I, I think Terry was somebody preseason who was going was was trying to hold himself to a higher standard defensively. And and you're right, we simply haven't seen it. We we didn't see it in this game. I mean, transition defense. There were there were multiple opportunities for Rozier to get back, but he gambles. He gambles too much in transition. Tries instead of getting back, he tries to, you know, get get up and and into yeah. the person running with a basketball, and and it ends up just really hurting their ability to stop it at the rim. So yeah, I mean, we're seeing it time in and time again. One one guy though that did play well defensively was the guy that returned Walker, and that's Dennis yeah. Smith Jr. I thought his his ball pressure again. Just immediately impactful. His shot's going to take. He's probably going to take some time to to kind of get back into rhythm with his offense. He he <laughs> had that monster dunk uh, that all well it was an almost dunk on LeBron James that seemed to fire the team up in the fourth quarter. Uh, but it really was his defense. I mean, as soon as he checked in in the first quarter, uh, I think in that last four minute period of the first quarter, a quarter where they actually defended well, but that last four minute period, once DSJ checked in, the Lakers scored two points. They ended up scoring, you know, 22 for the quarter. So, uh, and and the Hornets got back into that quarter during that same period. Um, and, and a lot of it was, again, it was, you know, that play where DSJ, great ball pressure, stays in the guy, doesn't let the guy get to the, to, to the rim. Uh, force, I think it was Westbrook, forces Westbrook to pass out of it. And Jalen McDaniels gets the steal and the dunk. So, like, it's just those kind of impact plays on defense, turning defense mm-hmm. into easy offense. And I thought that was part of the problem with the offense in general was that instead of turning defense into offense, they were just trying to push the pace and run with Los Angeles, who likes to run. They were running with them. And 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 then, you know, instead of getting those easy opportunities at the rim, they were just more difficult opportunities at the rim, not wide open shots, contested shots in transition. And that's what killed them. Um, If you look at the bench, so I know you were mentioning it, it comes down to the stars. It comes down to the better players on this team. No doubt about it. The bench didn't help them offensively. Bad shooting nights all around. Jalen McDaniels, four of 10 from the field. Dennis Smith Jr. in 18 minutes played. He took 10 shots, only made three of them. 
one of three from three-point land. JT Thor, one of three. Mark Williams, one of two. So not a lot of shots for a guy that had been taking about five per game and was going to hit. Um, you know, he went perfect from the field against OKC. So I believe that equals out to about nine and 25 from the field is what the bench right. unit was. Um, if you look at Dennis Smith, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the three-point shot was starting to trend in the right direction at the beginning of the season for DSJ after not being a good three-point shooter. It's not anything I'm going to bank on. Um, a weird stat here, though, Doug, is McDaniels was a plus 18 in the plus-minus column, and we got a minus 19 from Gordon Hayward, a minus 17 from P.J. Washington. Just a big swing when you're talking about one end of the spectrum to the other, and it's not like the bench played very well. You just saw a big plus 18 from Jalen. What are some other maybe box score boogie type numbers that you wanted to look at in this one between the Hornets and the Lakers? Well, you mentioned lineups, and the lineups, obviously, the rotation has changed constantly because you know it's been one player in, one player out, Gordon Hayward goes out in this one with a hamstring soreness. We'll we'll talk about that later, but you know that's going to affect the rotation. So it's just like seemingly every game they've got to refigure out what the playing groups are. And they started the second quarter, Walker, with a really delicious lineup on paper. It was Lamelo Ball. It was yeah. Dennis Smith Jr., which we've been wanting that's to see. That's what I've been waiting DS, for. Right, and then Gordon Hayward at the three. P.J. Washington at the four, and Mark Williams at the five. I think a lot of fans were salivating. See, well, whatever fans were, were watching this game, you know, were salivating. Certainly not a lot of Hornets fans in the building, just saying, a lot of purple and gold. Which, by the way, if you are upset at all at the amount of purple and gold that was in the arena that night, blame management. Don't blame Charlotte fans. Blame management for not putting a product on the floor for, oh, these many years that would earn any kind of loyalty from the, the, the patrons in Charlotte. I'm sorry. Like, what 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 have they done to really instill any kind of loyalty where a fan would say, no, nah, I'm not going to sell my tickets. I'm going to go to the game. Come on. Yeah, I hate legislating fandom. I hate it. Okay, so that was my Doug Rance. Delicious lineup. Yep, you were talking delicious about a lineup. delicious, tasty lineup. Okay, so the lineup comes out in the second quarter and gets absolutely blitzed. 14-0 run <laughs> by the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah. And and so a lot of the and and really it's it's not I'm not even indicting that lineup. What I'm trying to tell people, and and I've been saying it for so many of these shows, is that the injury issues that they sustained in the preseason this uh, this dates back to the preseason when they were missing PJ and Cody and Lamelo. Yeah, they've never been able to get into a rhythm to get into any kind of playing groups that know how to play with one another. They're just kind of winging it every game, and that's exactly the kind of team that they look like, a team that's going out there and just trying to figure things out night to night with no sort of way they generally come out and play, no, you know, what, what's the word we always overuse, identity. Like this team does not have an identity because they really haven't been allowed to. And and this is, every team has injuries, and this is something that Clifford likes to talk about. Every team has injuries, you got to play through them. I got it. But but they've been especially damaging to the Charlotte mm -hmm. Hornets because they've been major rotation pieces, and they and and this team is not especially deep. So well, and we we've talked about that point before, but it's it's good to bring up every so often because I always go back to the coaches' luncheon with Steve Clifford, where he talked about yeah we're gonna figure some things out just you know play five on five and we're gonna try to figure out lineups going into preseason. And then you had injuries 
And so you never were able to develop chemistry with the guys that you trust most with this team. I mean, Doug, I Gordon Hayward has been back for a little while. LaMelo Ball, I mean, now Gordon Hayward's out again. But LaMelo Ball <laughs> had been back for a little while. It's unbelievable. You know, Terry was there. So you had those three guys. Yeah. But then Kelly Oubre goes out. Dennis Smith Jr., who looked like he was going to be a big part of your team at the beginning of the season after being so special defensively. Then he bounces. And the big man rotation, Mason Plumley's always been a mainstay. Nick Richards, Mark Williams now is starting to get those Nick Richards minutes. I mean, DNPCD for Nick Richards again. You know, the previous game he got three. The game before that, it was a DNPCD. So you don't even have any chemistry with any bench big guy. If it's not Mason, then LaMelo's not familiar with him. So, yeah, it, it's really tough. It's a great point to bring up. The chemistry, absolutely not here with this team right now. All right, let's take one more break. We'll come back. Last segment coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I just kind of stumbled into it. Yes, Gordon Hayward, he did get injured again last night. We'll discuss the impact on the team and maybe uh, finish up with a couple of other observations in the box score. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, which has already happened, but they've got you already set on Bet online.net any sport that you want to go in on if you love sports podcasts you can even find those on bet online as well they're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts last segment coming up next locked on hornets is locked on hornets they're running their rookies to greensboro they're driving them to greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an nba game i cannot <laughs> wait until the hornets load manage it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast all right doug gordon hayward two of nine in this game not been good shooting the basketball at all which has really hurt this team right we talked about it with terry someone that is a good shooter and it being a downright weakness for this squad flipping into a 180 you know especially with gordon hayward doing the same thing so two of the guys that you are supposed to rely on most that has really hurt the charlotte hornets team but gordon hayward leaves in the fourth quarter with left hamstring soreness, he would not return. Terry Rozier said, it's the name of our season. We've just got to make the best of it. It's just tough seeing your brother that works hard every day. It's tough seeing him go down, and obviously it puts pressure on our team, but we can't mess around with injuries. You've just got to hope for the best, and we'll be okay. We'll figure it out. Hayward's missed 17 games due to injury already this season, and as I mentioned, he was struggling shooting in this game. So, uh, what do you make of Gordon Hayward's injury? Kind of all the same here. Like we can only say so much about a guy that it. I mean, it's all too familiar with him leaving with an injury. Oh, it's going to devastate them defensively. I mean, yeah, offensively he hasn't been very good. In December, he shot 19% from three. Uh, this is this is a guy in Gordon Hayward that a lot of people would be surprised to know that when he does play, he has been one of the more efficient offensive players the the Hornets have because he has been one of their better three-point shooters. I, I mean, I, I think LaMelo is is more deadly from a talent level because he can hit it from anywhere on the floor, doesn't really need to be set up at all, can pull up uh, from, from basically the logo and, and knock down shots. But in terms of just pure efficiency, it, it, it really has been Gordon from three, but not in December, like since he's been back. 
offensively he hasn't uh, been the player that they really needed him to be. But defensively, he is so central to to them not giving up a thousand points a game. And, and now uh, we don't know how long he'll be missing. Uh, but you know, typically if it's they said hamstring soreness, so. You know, yeah. maybe if it, if it's not a strain or anything, if it's a strain, you know, it's probably multiple weeks. But but if it is just soreness and something they can work out, maybe he, maybe he ends up being day to day. But they're probably going to, going to want to give him uh, a little bit of rest. But yeah, I mean, it just hurts. You know, so many of these players that I think Hornets fans have been wishing uh, could be on the trade block. You know, in a possible tanking scenario or just a get some assets as you look to the future kind of scenario. You look at Gordon injury issues the shoulder thing is is something that I think would scare off a lot of teams Terry Rozier shooting issues and his contract or something that I think would scare off a lot of teams so you know a lot of these players that the Hornets you that Hornets fans may have wanted uh a wish list to see go I don't know how they're going to move them it's just it's just a tough situation that the Hornets are in right now yeah it's a big of their own making of their own making I'm not like you know it's just just is what it is no, yeah, it's a big picture topic that we've discussed quite a bit. We're going to have to in the next month of the season. I, I don't want to trade Gordon Hayward for absolutely nothing on an expiring contract. That conversation is a little bit more interesting with Terry because he's not on an expiring. It's just kicking in. So maybe you do find it extremely valuable just to get off of that for pennies on the dollar. But Gordon Hayward's okay. expiring contract could be interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I'll tell you one guy that is going to be super interesting around the trade deadline. And it's the guy that probably had the 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 game the even though he didn't he didn't score the most points. It, Mason Plumley had had a pretty amazing game in this it, got the Euro step over LeBron, got the sky mm-hmm. got the sky hook with the right hand. His free throw shooting is improved. You know, I'm trying to talk up Mason Plumley so that Mason Plumley has some trade value, and I think he does. You know, nice little double double in this game, 18 and 14. Only two of those offensive rebounds. He was doing the dirty work on the defensive boards. The Hornets, you know, have plenty of future stock invested in Mark Williams and Nick Richards. You know, to me, I I would not have expected to say this at the beginning of the season. But I think I'm, Mason Plumley is the most tradable player on this roster right now. Uh, yeah. Well, and yes, yes. And to be fair, it's because the price isn't going to well, even no, at no, his no, peak. No, no, no. To be fair, get to be fair out of here. Mason Plumley is the most tradable player on this team. I, I I like the idea of rival execs listening to our show and taking information and applying it to the trade market. Because if that's the case, then guys, let me interest you in Mason Plumley, Mister eighteen fourteen four assists, two blocks, zero Shoot. turnovers. Look, if you How about if you, all of that for you, if hey, if you're a team that already has like a solid shot blocker you know, to, to anchor your middle. I mean, Mason Plumley is like the perfect back. He can run the floor. He can run the bla- break. I mean, he's point Plumley. He giveth and he taketh away, but I think lately he's been giving more than he's been taking away. And uh, he, he can pass. He can get your, you know, sort of secondary offense going. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it's a player. I'm just trying to talk him up. That's all I'm doing here. Cause yeah, I, I, think that's he's, okay. I think he's played well. I will let you uh, last few things here. PJ Washington, 12 points, five of 10 solid shooting night. Two of five from the three-point line, five rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. Did foul out of this game at the very end, and he wasn't the only one in foul trouble. LaMelo Ball had five total fouls in this game, too. So, you know, just another fouling problem for LaMelo where you see him with five yeah. and six constantly. And and he had the three early and had to sit. Yeah. And so that was part of, 
you know, his first half struggles since he's been back, part of that has been rooted in the foul trouble. And it's the fouls that, that he has to work on, certainly. It's the turnovers because he's – I think – LaMelo is like one of a group of players that the NBA is like targeting with these new travel rules. Like he's one of the players that they're trying to like essentially clean up. Well, you saw the video, right? The, the viral video of LaMelo. Did you see that? What, what the, the guy who like snitches on all of the dribblers. Oh yeah. And LaMelo's video was, I I mean, particularly entertaining and it was, you know, there's lots of travels in there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm a a big fan of that guy. He he snitches on everyone. He snitches on LaMelo and LeBron. And and so all of these players are using, cause they've been doing, they do this so much and they, they take every little advantage that the refs have given over the years. And, and and part of this is why I think this is kind of unfair is that they didn't give them an offseason to like say, hey, we're going to really clamp down on this, so you should work on this in the offseason. That's why we've seen so many of these kind of travel calls because these players are having to adjust on the fly. They're doing these things they've been doing. They do it a thousand times a year. So then it's like, oh, now I have to completely stop doing something the way I've been doing it for many years. And and that's been I think it's been difficult for him to adjust to. He had two travel calls in this game, five turnovers overall, um, and – you know, and, and he's not getting fouled. You, you look at you look at the 71 burger that Donovan Mitchell put up. Look, you know, LaMelo does more than score, so he doesn't need to score like 70 points. He doesn't need to score 50 points. He can impact a game scoring 25, 30 points. But, you know, getting fouled is such an easy way to, to and an efficient way, a powerful way to help your team and, and, and get buckets. And I thought in the fourth quarter there were opportunities – uh, particularly one in transition that he had where he did sort of a circus layup and, and, and LA just let him do it. And they didn't fa- and because he wasn't looking for contact, he wasn't going straight into the defender. And if he's not going to look for contact, he's not going to get fouled. And if he's not going to get fouled, then it's going to put a cap on what he can do offensively. So just all, all things that as he, you know, this season has been derailed for him and it's two out of the three seasons that have been really derailed for him because of injury and, and we're going to have to wait uh, for another season when he gets a whole training camp and preseason and offseason to really um, figure some things out to, to make a judgment call about where his ceiling is. All right, last thing before we end the show today, Mark Williams in this game, 15 minutes and five points, did have the one block, nine defensive rebounds, though, and three of four from the free throw line. Ooh. So, yeah, solid you know little box score. What did you think about uh, Mark Williams' night out, though, against the Lakers? Well, and it was the one defensive rebound that he had where it was a, it looked like it was going to kick out long to L.A. And he just used – oh, I can use – see, I've, I'm standing up now, so I can actually – There you YouTube, go. I can, Act it I can out, go, baby. Let's see go it. Go single here. Here we go. So this was – the ball kicks out <laughs> long, it. and he uses this, like, incredible wingspan, reaches all the way back and grabs the basketball. And it was beautiful. And, um, you know, just using those, like, physical tools that he has – to to impact the game. I think we're going to see that more and more. Uh there were moments in this game, you know, you know the the other great play from Mark, the other great sequence was when he defended LeBron James out on the perimeter. And LeBron just thought he could get a step back three on Mark. He probably should have driven because I think that's where LeBron would have had the right. advantage against Mark is if you drive on him. But instead he but Mark to his credit Good, good footwork, you know, was was ready to defend that drive if it did happen. But instead, step back three, Mark contested. And then on the other end of the floor, cross match. Uh, I'm not sure who he was matched up on, but it was somebody way smaller. He seals it off. 
and or maybe it was LeBron that he was matched up on, but he sealed it off perfectly in transition, caught the basketball, and then picks up picks up the foul. And I think they called it on I think they called it on Westbrook or Schroeder, but it was definitely on LeBron. LeBron like went over to the refs and was like, "Hey, that wasn't on me." And the refs were like, "Okay, buddy, don't worry about it." Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I mean, just, no, the the Mark Williams possession perimeter on, on LeBron. I mean, uh, I'll I'll take a LeBron fadeaway three after he tries oh, yeah. to size him up. He's over five. Stay, I mean, they they, they no. he didn't hit it. That, that's crazy. Forty three points doesn't hit a three. I mean, the, the what he's doing at his age, everybody's saying it, so this is nothing like novel. But I just have to mention, like, what he's doing at his age, and I mean, it's Brady level. It's it's crazy what these guys are doing. Uh, and and doing it in transition, running the break as much as he did at his age is uh, just something that's unprecedented. It's difficult mm-hmm. to guard, uh, and and he was he was amazing. But saying all that, they could have won this game, and that's why it's so disappointing. Um, yeah, and and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, LeBron James alley oop was was crazy in transition. That that was a, a nuts play. And actually, uh, you know, to to finish it off here. Praising Mark Williams and LeBron, Mark Williams did a great job of coming over uh, across the paint, contesting a LeBron James shot. I don't know how LeBron hit it. I don't know how he got it over Mark Williams, but did a great job of coming across the paint to defend a shot from LeBron at the rim. And you know, LeBron finished because that's what he does. Well, right, if LeBron, do listen, hey, listen, listen. If LeBron, I'm listening. I, I, you know, there, you're not going to convince me that LeBron didn't come into MJ's house. And, and just want to destroy the Hornets single-handedly. I mean, I just think that's – and he can deny it all he wants to, but he wanted to get one on MJ, and he did. But if he really wants to be the greatest of all time, all he has to do is one thing, Walker. He just has to come to the Charlotte Hornets. They can't trade for him this season. Oh, but, I like you know, this. He's, he could just come to the Charlotte Hornets and win a championship, something that MJ has never been able to do without LeBron – but if LeBron comes to MJ's team and wins the championship for MJ, I mean he's going to be the, the that LeBron James. You're do, you're doing something that nobody nobody could think anybody could do, which is win a championship, get to the finals with the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> That'd be quite a story. Oh, okay, especially with and then do you have to call him the goat? And then do we have to save this in the NBA history books as? Usually happens. The commissioner gives the NBA championship trophy to the owner. <laughs> and then the owner usually hands it off to the best player or the coach. Maybe yes. they would give it all. Maybe they would hand the trophy off to the coach, but not with Can LeBron on the team, right? You so, imagine <laughs> to you, Michael to LeBron. Michael giving a championship <laughs> yeah. to LeBron, handing it to LeBron. It would be one of those mm. situations here. I'll cut single real quick. I know we're going over. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. please. Can you act it, it out? It would be us, one of those you. situations where you like, it's, it's sort of what happens in, uh, uh, what was it like giving someone like a check, you know, and you, you can't let go of the check. That would be, right. that would be Michael. Classic he would give the trophy. handing over money in any sitcom. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. That, that's the go. trophy. Michael wants it, and he doesn't want to give it up to LeBron. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. <laughs> that was today. my energy. Making, that was my energy. Yes, it was. It was great. No, I loved it. I like single camera acting it out. That's your theater major coming in to work big time there. Uh, check out every moment, every top performance, every result with Locked On Game to Game. They cover every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 